Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Bright Young Things. Hello. Hi, Austin. Hi, Sophia. How's it going? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm like pretty good, but also like it's been a couple days of rain. So I'm also like extremely cozy and chill, like to <laughs> a point where it's kind of like freaking me out because I'm not very chill normally. <laughs> Something, something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like when you have like too much of a, med- a meditation app, not that I use them, but it's like just too much serenity for it to feel comfortable. Does that make sense? Does that does that sound awful? Like I don't know. It's just like getting a new bed and it's like, oh this bed's a little bit too too soft. <laughs> Ooh, these shoes are a little bit too easy on my feet. Like a Goldilocks situation, but it's kind of like a it feels like the world is kind of on pause, which I don't hate, but I'm also like, this feels weird. Um but yeah, I guess that's just lockdown life to be honest. I hate that the world's on pause. I feel like I'm turning into an old man while this all's, ha- this all's happening. Yep. Yeah, that's me too. I also feel like I'm becoming an old man. Um, my <laughs> my beard is really filling in. We were talking and... about your big white bushy beard last week. I know. It's really <laughs> just like, I-, I feel like I can't even put on a mask without my beard getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that, welcome to our, our sideshow tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's May. Uh, the Justin Timberlake memes are excessive everywhere online. Um, we hope that you're having a good start to your season. What's this about Justin Timberlake memes? Remember the like the NSYNC song where it's like, it's going to be me. And they all like, oh, thing. yeah. But then everyone always says it's going to be May. And then they're like always posted on like May 1st, like, or like in the days of like April leading up to it, they're like, I'm sad now, but soon it's going to be May. And then there's a picture <laughs> of like young JT with like ramen noodle hair. Um <laughs> For some reason, Kate and I watched an NSYNC music video last night. Was it the one it was... with the puppet? No. Oh. I forget what song it was, but it was so early 2000s. Like, he had the big, like, flashy silver hoop earring in one oh, ear. Oh, wow. Wow. The big baggy pants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like Gen Z is trying to bring wide leg pants back, and I don't know if I can do it. Um, what a terrible decade that we grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> the velour. The velour of it all. Um, but yeah. I mean, I guess looking at this current decade i'd rather go back to yep big baggy pants and one ear hoop earrings whatever we have to do to not be in lockdown would be fine with me (laughs) i I would go anywhere i'll dye my hair any color i don't care (laughs) yeah yeah but other than that austin how are you doing i'm not too bad um i'm still working my way through the girl with the dragon tattoo love it love it i feel like i've been reading this for at least three episodes (laughs) what happens when you do a batch recording everything yeah so for contact Sophia and I <laughs> recorded we banked a bunch of episodes this weekend in case we need a backup yeah in case we ever miss a week but I think this will be one of our normal episodes right yeah it will be I, I'm excited this will be like we're still coming to you from the past but like the more recent past <laughs> less um ominous or whatever but yeah it's uh this is a testament to like the fact that we are really good friends because we're not sick of each other um at least I'm not sick of you I mean three hours of me um accidentally talking over you because I'm too excited to tell you something probably isn't ideal it's uh, very endearing <laughs> thank you um yeah so luckily I mean an ode to our friendship we we survived the test of time in <laughs> undergrad by um whispering snarky or positive comments to each other in the back of the class and <laughs> It's worked out. Each other texting about other people in the class and then <laughs> <laughs> chuckling. 
<laughs> we're trying to make each other laugh when we're doing presentations, as we know, <laughs> a good hobby. Um, that's why it's important that we're always in group projects together, because if we're separated, no one can be trusted to keep a straight face. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but yeah. We talked about before, whenever I wasn't in a group with you for group presentations, I could never look at you <laughs> break down all right away. It was just so funny. And you're like, and like you and I would always be like, I mean, occasionally we had a good group member, um, but most of the time we were like the ones doing the whole project. And so we had the guy who looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo with that one project. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he kind of showed up for most of the things I feel like. Um, but other than that, it's like, how can you keep a straight face knowing your friend is up there presenting a whole project like they didn't just do it themselves with like four other people standing around? <laughs> like, it was just so funny. There's something about it that kills me. We carried that entire graduating class on our backs. Truly. I mean, <laughs> truly. We just did so much heavy lifting, I guess. <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast about books and bookish things. We talk a lot about other Most things. Most of the time, yes. Some of the time. <laughs> Yeah, forty percent of the time. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a safe bet. Um, and speaking of books, are you reading anything fun other than the girl with no eyebrows? <laughs> I like it. It's catching on. Oh yeah. Other than that, I started listening to an audiobook of Stephen King's It again, just because yeah. I felt like it because I haven't read it yet this year. Nice. That's really great. Could you say? I'm it's not like... sure if I'll commit to the whole part. Or could you say it's a comfort read, Austin? Is that what you're... I could say it's a comfort read. <laughs> Check out that episode if it's posted, but it also might not be because it's one of our banked ones. <laughs> From the vault. <laughs> um, yeah, how's the audiobook going? It's good. I like the audiobook a lot. I, might not, I may not commit to the whole thing just because it's so long. And I've yeah. like obviously I need to feel bad if I don't finish it because I've read it three times through already. But A true fan. <laughs> a true it's fan. a good thing to listen to while I'm at work. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? What have you been reading this week? What have I been reading, Austin? Um, so yesterday, you were at 96 books, right? Yeah. So you must be at 140 by today? <laughs> no. Um, not that I know of. Not that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> yeah, what am I reading right now? I'm just wrapping up the audiobook of The Hunting Party, which is going really well. And like, my friend Cleo, um, shout out Cleo. Uh, she has a new bookstagram called Read with Cleo. It's on our Instagram under the friends highlight. You should check it out. Um, but I was talking to Cleo and she was like, yeah, everyone who loves like the guest list hates the hunting party and everyone who loves the hunting party hates the guest list. And so far, I think I like both of them, but I'm going to wait until the end to see if like this theory is true. Cause it's kind of rattling in the back of my mind. Like, interesting. I wonder if I'm going to prefer one. And then other than that, I'm also going to start what reading. Is, I imagine you up at night, like <laughs> one. what's wrong? <laughs> It's like the, what is it, like the black and blue versus gold and white dress? Remember that whole thing? Where people were like, <laughs> it was you black know, and blue. Was it? I yes, can't remember. 100%. Oh, I can't remember what I saw even because I was just like. I had top scientists verify it. Oh, so it's fact checked. I see. I see. Top men. Top. Top. Um, yeah. And then after that, I'm going to read Broken in the Best Possible Way by one of my favorite authors of all time, Jenny Lawson. And my dear friends, Alex and Cleo, um, bought me the copy for my birthday. So That's nice. I know. I'm so excited. It's a signed edition. And I got to go mm. to like um, an Indigo event, like online, obviously, where um, she was interviewed by Samantha Irby, who I've always wanted to read, but I never got around to. But I definitely will after watching them in conversation with each other because they are both so funny. Um, so, yeah. 
So what's that one about? I don't know. I literally bought it on like blind faith because Jenny Lawson has never steered me wrong. I follow her on Instagram. I subscribed to her blog like a couple years ago called The Bloggess. And I have like all this really cool stuff. She does like a lot of like, I don't even know really how to describe it. Like, it's not like a memoir, but she does talk about stuff that like happens in her life. And it's always like, so like, like funny, but also like she talks about really serious stuff um, that she's gone through with like mental illness. And it's always like amazing. Like she talks about like taxidermy and how she like names her pets. And like, I can't describe it other than like, I would laugh so hard like listening to these audiobooks and I, like I just really like her she's just really does she do taxidermy or is she just she just talks about a subject that she has no, no knowledge of? she she like she's participated in it it's like all huh. these like really crazy things um sorry my throat is weird today um but yeah just like all these like really funny things like in conversation she was talking about this book and she was talking about the fact that like she didn't know that she had to empty out her house vacuum like a like a vacuum in a house that like you just attach things into yeah. the wall. you know what I'm talking about and she was like no one ever told me that I had to empty that so it just lit on fire and then it started exploding <laughs> and like it went all over my husband and my husband looked at me and I looked at him and <laughs> just like like really I like you meant the fire went all over him no 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 just like the, calm about it. <laughs> the contents and everything and so like just like a lot of like really like funny random things that like you just feel like you're talking to a friend and you just like can't help but like snort laugh because it's just so <laughs> ridiculous like I really like it so she's super talented Sophia is well known for her snort laughs it's true they're <laughs> preposterous they're abhorrent <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds really interesting yeah you enjoy it thank you I think I definitely will so I'm looking forward to it mm. yeah. so Ooh, everybody I- knows sorry you go no no no. I was like I was trying to impress Hannah and I was like I have a good segue um (laughs) um speaking of authors that I would love to be friends with that feel like friends this week we're talking about the best best friends in books everybody knows Sophia and I are the best best friends that's why we started this podcast I thought it'd be a fitting topic to talk about some of my best friends in books yeah absolutely I feel like we killed that segue I'm rating that a five star (laughs) Um, Hannah, leave a comment. How is that segue? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we thought this would be fun, and I think it will be. Honestly, I have like a little list here of like friendships that I thought I really enjoyed. Okay, yeah, I realize a lot of my books, the characters are very antisocial and they don't have a lot of friends. But... Or they get like stabbed by the rest of the Senate. Um, yes, so those, those, friendships... those aren't good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I do have a couple. I don't have as many as you do. So I'll let you start on this one. What do you have to start off? Okay. I have a lot because I delve a lot into, as we know, the romance or YA books as well in contemporary. And I feel like friendships have like a whole new, not whole new, it's always been a big deal, but I feel like they're really emphasized almost like more than like the hero's journey or like the romantic interest sometimes lately. And I'm about it like yeah yeah surround yourself with those people like that's great um so the first one I chose to highlight was there's a series by Lisa Lutz called the Spellmans like the Spellman Files and in that book it's like the it's a detective agency run by a very dysfunctional family and they're like hilarious and they just do like things that are so like um 
like backhanded or petty or just like really funny and they all love each other very dearly but like they'll do things like um put their the one brother under surveillance because he won't tell them if he's dating someone or like live in the basement without telling anyone or like just crazy things but Um. the one sibling who's like 15 like knows how to blackmail everybody else in the family and she becomes friends with like this like 38 year old cop after getting busted for something and then they have like this friendship where the cop is like we can't be friends this is super weird but then she just keeps like bothering him and eventually they're just friends and like the family totally supports it and um so that's the friendship between henry and ray spellman and i was like this is super unconventional and eventually like their other family members become friends with him as well just because of proximity Uh. but it's really funny because like he'll do things like oh like we can't watch this show until you study for your english test or like oh you can't eat sugar all the time here's what you can have at my Mm. house and so i just love that friendship i think it's really funny it's like it sounds like a dad friendship yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's really funny i think one of the classic friendships that we've talked about in an earlier episode is between Romeo and his two homies, Benvolio and Mercutio. Yes, Austin. Yes, it is. What a good pick. <laughs> Until Mercutio dies, but that's beside the point. Yeah, but they're still pretty bummed. That's a good friendship, mm. being bummed if someone goes. <laughs> so especially Benvolio and Mercutio, they're like inseparable throughout most of the play. Like You never see a scene really with just one of them in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like a lot of people, like especially on Bookstagram, there's so many memes flying around about like the classics that that like bros relationship is heightened and like (laughs) memed to a level where you're like oh yeah like they're really good they're like they're pals i could see the three of them throwing a frat party in present day absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah i think so too yeah i also wanted to say i talked we talked about this in a romeo and juliet episode as well but it seems like that tybalt and juliet's nurse are also friends yeah absolutely Yeah, which I find to be very sweet and endearing. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's what I like. Like I like like odd pairings, Um, and I like when books kind of examine like, oh, how do these two very opposite people come together? Like it kind of reminds me of um, in Actor Age, Eve Brown, the last of the Brown sisters series by Talia Hibbert. Um, The main lead, Jacob, has a friend kind of like that named Montrose, and they're like kind of like it feels like opposites attract almost, and I really like how you know, people can act as like a foil and it brings out other things in other characters that you're like, oh, like if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't get to see this side of them. So yeah, I think it's when it's done well, it's really great to see that. Mm-hmm. So what's next on your list? All right. My next one is um, another classic from The Outsiders, the whole Pony Boy, Soda Pop, Dallas, Dairy gang situation. <laughs> It is like one of, like, it's it's like the epitome of like, the, it's just so beautiful. Everyone, I feel like, loves this book. And if you don't, I don't understand. But I, I just like, I remember reading it and being like, oh, like, that's, like, I know it's a gang and uh, gangs are bad. But um, a friendship gang, though. I mean, yeah, a friendship gang. <laughs> is that not basically what we have here as a friendship gang? Yeah, I think like if another rival gang tried to come up and like, dance duel with us I don't know all I know about gangs is really from like West Side Story or The Wire um but I'm assuming that like there's there would be like a dance-off scenario and I would totally well, dance off it's not as if we haven't done our fair share of arson as a friendship too remember that cop car we burned <laughs> I was 
was like trying to picture I was like did we ever even see the fire together and I'm like um let's not make this admissible in court just to be safe but <laughs> did you see my face I was like did we commit a crime that I forgot about like we did not burn any cop cars wink wink <laughs> I was waiting for the wink wink to happen. Um, I mean, there was that old lady we mugged too. Oh gosh, yeah. How could I forget? That's our, our side hustle for sure. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh my God. Um, but yeah, I love that. I think that like there's something in literature, especially like in the classics about like kind of boyhood and like friendship together. And I don't know. I remember finishing that book and being like, wow, like, that's truly it. Like, that's like a sign of like friends becoming family. And I'm about that. So mm. I put that as another one where I was like, this is a good book friendship. So on the topic of boyhood friendships, my mm -hmm. next one is The Losers Club from Stephen King's Ed, which I was talking about oh, earlier. Cool. So obviously Stephen King is a lot of different novels where you can look at as like a coming of age story and a friendship story, like the, the body, which the movie Stand By Me is based on, oh. stuff like that. But I just found the the kids in it really stood out to me. Nice. It's, there's seven of them. Seven. So obviously the book takes place in halves. It's like half of it in the 50s when they're kids and half of it's in the 80s when they're adults. Right. But I found even though there was seven of them, this comes because the book is really long, but each of the kids are all, you can tell they're all friends with each other friend. Mm -hmm. Like they all have time to develop their friendships with each individual friend, which I find really nice. And then yeah, it's interesting seeing them come back 30 years later and they kind of fall into the roles they held as kids mm -hmm. and they start to get some of that childhood back yeah mm. there's absolutely something about childhood friendships where you're like it's not that you revert back to who you were but it's really reassuring to be like no matter what stage of life you're in you like can show up with this person and it doesn't matter if it's been like 20 years and like you're a completely different person you're like you know what I mean? Like everyone grows, but it's really interesting to see how those dynamics come into play. I am always fascinated. Like I love meeting mm. people's childhood friends. Like we we talked about this once um, from that episode of How I Met Your Mother when Lily's high school best friend comes. Michelle. <laughs> yes. And she, Lily just like completely like changes how she talks and everything. And she acts like all like different. And then like, as soon as she leaves, like Michelle starts talking differently too. Like, <laughs> like they only act that way together. Um. I absolutely have friends like that where I'm like, yeah, I've known you since you were like three. Like it, it's been like 21 years. And like my, my friend Crystal and I are like that. Like we're always like, so like when we're together, like it's just different. Um, and that's special. That's a special friendship. Yeah, when, when you were saying about you like how when friendships become family and I find that's really like that with Stephen King's It. Like yeah, at the end of the book, they all, they all tell each other that they love each other and it's all oh. really sweet and yeah there's one part in the book that's really controversial or because there's one girl in the group mm -hmm. so for some reason stephen king chose probably because he was cooked at his mind at the time oh god have you heard about the scene no they're all lost in the sewer okay and because they're all scared their connection is starting to weaken and Ooh. their like gift as friends like as kids yeah weakens as well so the way for them to get their connection back is that the one girl in the group sleeps with all the boys in the group what that's gross, Stephen King. That's, ugh. So very wisely, that scene isn't included in the film adaptations, but. Yeah. I I mean, like, I get it. It was a different time back then, but also like, come on, Stephen. You could have thought. Even then, the scene wasn't very well received. Ugh. That's kind of, 
gross i mean like in the horror genre stuff comes up though and like it's kind of that's true it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) i think my mvp out of that group is ben you haven't read the book but i think he's just the most well-rounded and the sweetest of all the characters in the book yeah that's good i wish we could go back and like take that scene out now but um you know what that's fine we're gonna live live through it learn from it cocaine makes you write crazy things yeah like come on oh well which you would know because in our friendship gang we also <laughs> produce and sell cocaine this is turning into one tape where we just like uh, we fabricate all of this stuff we're like bonnie and clyde of like what we're about to make this episode 27 we're not really a gang <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, we're gonna have to put a disclaimer at the beginning. Um, my next one that I chose, kind of similarly to like the growing up transition to adulthood, um, this is actually a, a manga, and this is one of the ones that I feel like I've talked to you about before. But like me and my friends used to read it in high school, and it was like about a high schooler, blah. blah, blah. And it's like centered around someone who never made friends. And she has like a really similar name to the lead character, like the scary girl in the ring. And so like everyone would make fun of her and say that like she could curse people and blah, blah. And she has no friends in high school. So then like long story short, um, she ends up making friends with two people. So this friendship, the friendship of Sawako, Chizu, and Ayan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Please forgive me. Um, But yeah, that one's a really sweet one because it's like, they're all completely different. They have very different interests, but they're just trying to kind of get through their school experience together. And like one is like really sporty and tough and she just wants to like run a ramen shop. And then the other is like extremely popular, like very like high achieving, like determined to have like all these boyfriends and whatever. And then the other one just has no idea how to make friends. And she's like, just trying her best. And it's like really, really endearing and sweet. Like we're talking like you could get a cavity reading this. It's super, super sweet. Um, And like, that's a really nice one too. Cause it's like, it kind of goes from her as like, like a first year. And then like it, the series goes through and you get to see like what happens when they leave school. But yeah, I really like that one. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things, too, where it's, like, it's totally of the slice of life genre, where it's just finding beauty in everyday things, and, like, I feel like we all have kind of friendships where you're, like, on paper, like, we, like I don't know how these people ended up together, <laughs> but, like, they make it work, and, like, it's really, I don't know, sweet. I don't really read manga, but I haven't really associated the genre with just, like, like you said, slice of life kind of things. I really associate yeah. with, like, fantasy and yeah other manga topics yeah there's tons there's like I mean like the whole fantasy like warrior thing I feel like is more under like shonen and like all that other stuff I'm not familiar with that because I'm very girly about it I'm like under the shoujo slice of life um that category so it's pretty good that is fair yeah yeah okay my next one is uh Ralph and Piggy from Lord of the Flies whoa okay okay do tell piggy's a true homie in that book (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that is the soundbite i want to use you saying that (laughs) so in the book the main character is ralph and he's the one who kind of takes charge of the island at first when all the boys get trapped there Mm -hmm. but eventually as all the boys start to go like more wild Uh 
they start to turn towards one of the bully kids, Jack, I believe his name is. Okay. So by the end, it's, it just ends up being Ralph and the little chubby asthmatic boy named Piggy. Oh. Eventually, spoiler alert, Piggy ends up dying, which is heartbreaking. I have heard that. Um, I need to read this book because I feel like this is like the, like, we, we've spoken about this and I, I need to know. Yeah, it's just throughout it all, Piggy's the one who just stays, like, stays by Ralph's side the entire time and supports oh. him and the only one who follows him, really. God, that's like loyalty. And loyalty and friendship is so underrated. I'm, I'm about it. Loyalty and gangs is underrated, too. Coincidence? Friendships are just gangs. Quote us. <laughs> um, my next one is, I'm like looking down my list. <sighs> the Friendships in Dumplin', um, a YA novel by Julie Murphy, another one of my favorite authors of all time. Um, it was just adapted into a Netflix movie a couple years back. I and, thought I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, it's really, really sweet. And it's like, I think this kind of like encapsulates like, especially like, I don't know if this is the same in all friendships, but like there's a specific time in like, I feel like girl friendships where like, for some reason, like it's almost like your allegiances are like torn. And and like in this friendship, it's like childhood best friends are kind of like torn apart when it comes to like a, a beauty pageant. And um, yeah, there's just like so many dynamics at play, like in terms of body positivity and kind of like the whole like in crowd, out crowd situation. But it's really sweet to see like Dumplin' find friends outside of her friendship, but also like that she can still kind of keep her original best friend and like they can work through their issues. Um, so I just think there's like so many good levels of that because it's like, oh yeah, like you have to remember that you can go outside your bubble and make new friends, but also like those like big important friendships, like you're not going to let like a, a tiff get in the way of it. You're going to work through it and it's good. When you first <clears throat> said Dumplin, mm-hmm. I thought you said, I thought you were trying to like talking about Dublin. <laughs> And I was like, is, is that the way Sophia pronounces it? Should I correct her? <laughs> Dublin. No. Her mom's Irish. Is that what she pronounces <laughs> the name of it? No, no. Not this time anyway. Now I'm going to accidentally <laughs> say it, though, I'm sure. <laughs> it's going to be tucked in the back of my subconscious, just waiting for the moment to embarrass myself. So mama was like back in Dublin in the whole <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Dublin. Yeah. So my next one is from Let the Right One In by John Avita Linkvist, which I've talked about at length because that's one of my yes. favorite books. Yes. The friendship in that book, it's kind of messed up, but also really sweet. Mm-hmm. So it's between like a little bullied, mistreated boy mm-hmm. living in, I think it's Stockholm. Nice. And he finds out that his neighbor that moves in next to him, a little girl, is a vampire. Right. I remember this. So it starts off as like she... They don't really like each other at first because she's a vampire. She doesn't want to associate with people because she thinks she's dangerous and whatnot. Right. Logical. She's like, wow, it's somebody who's actually willing to like give me a chance as a person. So he keeps When you say it like that. And... <laughs> but then it starts to have like a romantic element as they mm-hmm. as he develops feelings for her. But spoiler alert again, it's revealed that the vampire girl, Ellie, is actually a boy who was castrated. What? Before he hit puberty. So he just pretends to be a girl. Whoa. So at that point, I guess you could still argue that it is, but it kind of veers away from the romantic friendship and it's wow. like a platonic friendship. But 
God, it's one they where choice. they would do anything they do anything for each other to predict each other yeah. it ends up with they have to leave town so the the main boy oscar ends up leaving his family and everything to go live with the wow. one person who cares about him yeah oh my god that is a plot twist i did not see coming Whew. that's another one that's left out of the film adaptations well not the swedish yeah. one it's kind of alluded to but oh of course the swedes are keeping true to the narrative and then we're just hollywooding it <laughs> and they made a follow-up a couple years later because <laughs> there was a debate over does the vampire ellie actually care about oscar or is he just using him as means to an end oh snap what is that kind of left so yeah in the follow-up mm-hmm. It's revealed that he wasn't just using Oscar. He turned him into a vampire as well, so they can be together, be together forever. Uh-huh. That is so sweet. Oh, hmm. man. I, I was not expecting that. It is. Yeah, it's dark, but it's also sweet because yeah. now, totally. of course, they're both inhuman and they have to kill people to survive, but they have each other. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. God, I got to I got to read this. Um, okay, my next one is um, A Study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallero, I believe is the last name. Um, And that one is really cool. It's like a retelling of Sherlock Holmes with um, like a female Holmes. So Charlotte instead of Sherlock. And it goes into the friendship between Charlotte and Jamie. Jamie is the descendant of Watson, obviously. And it is really, really, really great. Um, The series, I can't recommend highly enough. It's so enjoyable. And it's kind of like them, um, you know, like examining as descendants, like how did the relationship between their ancestors play out? Like, how is it going to play out for them? And she's really, really dry and smart. And he's really smart, but also like really sweet. And he's always just kind of like frustrated with her. That sounds like you and me. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think you would be the Sherlock in this situation. I'm just here. Um, But yeah, it's a really, really good series. And I really love that friendship. I mean, like for them, like it, I think it in the later books, I think it turns turns like romantic, but like I just like the friendship element because like I feel like it's very rare, at least in books I've read, and maybe this is just because of the genres I normally go into. I just like to see like platonic friendships sometimes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, just give me the goods. Like they are partners, they're investigative, like it's so funny. And I really like their personalities together. Um, so yeah, it's a good one. Mm. Yeah. So my next one is just, it's from East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Ooh, okay. The character Lee is the true MVP of that book. Lee, go off Lee. So there's a, fa- there, it's hard to explain, so explaining the whole plot of the book, but in the later half of the book, there's a family mm-hmm. with the father, Adam, and two sons, and then okay. the wife is a terrible person and leaves them. Oh. So the father, Adam, does not handle it well, and he like neglects his sons and stuff, so they have it's going to be somewhat problematic, but mm. it's also brilliant in a way. They have a Chinese house servant named Lee. Okay. So he's introduced in the book as like a stereotypical 1950s Chinese character. Like he speaks the broken English and he always has like the fortune cookie wisdom. Mm-hmm. But then it's revealed that he just all does, he does that all because that's what people expect of him. Oh. And he's actually really intelligent and very well read. Mm. And he's the one who ends up taking care of the family when the father isn't able to because he's having a mental breakdown or something oh god lee he is the mvp he's holding this all together so obviously it's still it's a still problematic representation even if he's doing it as an act because yeah obviously that 
it's not a good representation of Chinese Americans, but yeah, he ends up being like accepted as part of the family by the end too. And wow. him and Adam, he and Adam have a form a really strong bond over oh. like talking philosophy and the meaning of life and stuff. So right. that's good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I only have one more, um, and it's actually a book I read recently called um, A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow. And that one's really great too. Um, It's just like a fun YA one, but it's like uh, the protagonist is dealing with like a lot of stuff that like kind of all happens at once. Like her grandmother, she's really close to passes away and she like her best friend have a huge fight because she's randomly um, moving away. And then her sister kind of sells her out and tells her parents that she's been like doing some like unhealthy things after her boyfriend broke up with her. And so she gets shipped off to um, a relative in England and it is like really cool. Like I really like seeing her make friendship, make new friends over there. I was going to say make friendships. Um, That's not what people say, (laughs) but yeah, that was a really cute one too. And it kind of stuck with me as well. Cause like at the end she was like um, kind of, spoiler alert um she was kind of choosing between like going back to Miami and like kind of like taking over her bakery there or like going to England and going to like school there and it was like this thing of like no matter which one she chose like it would impact her friendships and relationships and I thought that was like really cool um I thought it was like handled really beautifully Mm. yeah I'm shocked you didn't talk about Darcy and Bingley from Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that's the ultimate bromance. I was saving that for our Pride and Prejudice episode. That's going to be so good. Um, yeah, Darcy and Bing- Bingley. Like, I feel like that's the true romance out of the book, to be <laughs> honest. Because the trust and forgiveness at play in that relationship, the, the unwavering support, I mean, <laughs> continuously looking. I feel like you and I could be Darcy and Bingley. The media should be emphasizing that kind of platonic, <laughs> stable, positive male relationship. Absolutely. I mean, like, it was kind of shady that Darcy did what he did, but he did do it to misguidedly protect Bingley. Uh-huh. Um, ever since watching, like, um, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, like, the YouTube series that, like, is an adaptation of um, Pride and Prejudice... I can't stop thinking of Bingley as Bingaling because <laughs> that's like a nickname they use for him. And I think it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, Darcy and Bingaling. I still can't believe that one, the modern day adaptation of Pride and Prejudice where they call him Chip Bingley. Oh God, <laughs> Chip is like, you had one job. You could have done something <laughs> so much better than that. Um, Chip. Chip, that's awful. <laughs> I also read like a Christmas modern adaptation Pride and Prejudice called Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe and I forget what they called Bingley in that one but it was also kind of like okay um (laughs) please don't please just refer to him as Bingley thank you it'd be funny if every modern adaptation is called him Chip (laughs) (laughs) just like a whole bunch of chips and chazzes what I don't get is that they kept Darcy's first name is Fitzwilliam that was like couldn't have called him Will or something that's what I was thinking (laughs) I don't know. Even like a, a Fitzy would like play into like the cheesiness of it, but whatever. That's not for us to decide. Austin, my question to you is what do you look for in a good best friendship in books? Like what what are things that like you're like, oh yeah, like this is cool. I like friendships you can see develop. I don't like 
characters they don't know each other at first and you can watch the friendship grow mm-hmm. that's fair i'm not a I fan think... of like you start off as friends and then there's a follow in the middle and then you come back together again that's, well, that's nice yeah because that's like a roller coaster and you're like you're already committed you already know that like i was just they're... it's played out for me <laughs> yeah no, that's fair i think i'm a fan of like the new friend just because i feel like there's so many books about like starting over and like one of my other favorite authors, Sarah Dessen, who's like, I feel like the queen of like the the summer reads. Um, her books are always like around like, oh, like you're in a completely new situation. Here's all these friends who bring out these things in you that you've always wanted to explore, but you never feel like felt comfortable enough to do so in like your regular environment. So I like that. Um, I also like the idea of like loner and outcast kids coming together like in It. Me too. I remember there was this book called The Misfits by James Howie, I think. We're a couple of misfits. Beautiful. Um, and it was such a good book and I really, really liked it. Um, and um, Hilary McKay, she wrote a series about like a very, very quirky family and they're like friends that they always like brought into the family and like they were uh-huh. always like, oh, I like that. Hmm. What time are we at now for recording? Do you know? The timer did not start. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to quickly talk about worst friends in books? And then we can maybe flesh that one out a bit later. I have a few ideas for that. Sure, sure. Okay, sounds good. I think the first one for me is Victor Frankenstein from Frankenstein. Terrible friendship. (laughs) Terrible friendship. Also Macbeth. Yep. With Banquo, because he kills him and tries to kill his son. Also on the Shakespeare tangent, like, I love Hamlet more than anything, but I think he was a bad friend. Um, just because he was like so like ab- absorbed in like revenge and avenging his father, which like fair, I get it. Um, but he did Ophelia dirty too. And Didn't he get Gildan Stern and Rosencrantz killed as well? I'm pretty sure. God, it's been a while since I've read that play. I we should read that one soon. You could probably talk at length about bad friends in Shakespeare, but Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a safe one. I found J- Jane was a pretty bad friend to Charlotte in Pride and Prejudice because yeah I mean like to be fair like she was definitely trying to like that's why that's why that's why Lizzie and Darcy are so oh that's what I meant yeah Lizzie not yes. Jane sorry did you see me pause and be like wait a second um I, I've embarrassed myself again last <laughs> time I said Oscar Wilde from England now I said Jane instead of Lizzie well at least you didn't say posthumous so it's probably <laughs> fine don't worry about it um, At least I don't pronounce Dublin like Dumplin. <laughs> no one does that. <laughs> no one does that in this podcast. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, well, to be fair, that's why like Darcy and Lizzie, I feel like are so suited to each other because like they both think they're doing the best thing for their friends by being like kind of judge- judgmental. But they're like, it comes from a place of love. Like, don't misunderstand. <laughs> and I'm like, have we not all had that moment with a friend where we're like, buddy, like you gotta... <laughs> you gotta stop doing things (laughs) that aren't good for you it's like it's like an intervention I feel like you know I was thinking the exact same thing bring out the intervention banner exactly exactly and I feel like if you had sat me down for an intervention about my Starbucks addiction in third year I would have been like you know what you're right it's coming from a place (laughs) of love and this is a good judgment Kate and I've been watching the Harry Potter movies Mm -hmm. from the beginning Mm -hmm. like I haven't read the books but I gotta say Harry Potter and Ronald Weasley yeah like this yeah that's so true they are kind of an iconic duo I'm trying and to... i guess hermione too but no one wants a girl in the boys club oh obviously not <laughs> it's like a treehouse effect like nobody nobody's friends with girls <laughs> i don't know 
I'm just looking up a list of the hundred oh, best Gatsby book friendships. <laughs> Gatsby. Oh yeah. Like ultimate. I feel like Nick is just like totally there for him. Anyway, we can have another episode where we delve into the worst <laughs> book best friends, but this is good to talk about. I really liked it. I'm just looking up a list of any interesting ones we can bring out. There's Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Got anything to say on that? No comment. <laughs> All these I am not familiar with. There's a lot of Harry Potter on here. Of course. When Nietzsche wept. <laughs> doesn't really seem like a friendship book to me. But okay. <laughs> I could be wrong. There's one by, you know, the actor Lupita Nyong'o? Oh, yeah. She wrote a book. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I want to read that now. A children's book. Solway? Know. it's number two on the 100 best book friend friendship books of all time wow <laughs> saying okay do you have any more bad friendships you want to talk about or we'll save that topic for i need to prep for day. i need to prep for that one that's not something i have in my back pocket <laughs> i try not to reflect i try to repress those memories so i want to say conversely in one of the flies ralph is a good friend to piggy but also a terrible friend to another boy simon oh god he gets caught up in the feral mob mentality and ends up helping kill him by accident but oh my god spoilers <laughs> oh my god it's not his fault i think he's a, a monster <laughs> but still kind of on the edge of mm, maybe <laughs> mm, you could have done that better but okay i'm giving you learn the flies for a book trade i'll do that for our next book trade yeah sounds good to me <laughs> wow all right so that brings us to a close of this week's episode yeah Thanks for the chat, Austin. Thanks for being my best friend. In- if anyone wants to comment with some of their favorite book friendship as well. Yeah. Be yeah. our guest. And best bookish friend, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Well. Okay. Thanks for chatting. Thanks. Bye.